host Jason Wells. Week four is wrapped up. I am sad. I was at the peak of my football heights on uh, coming into Sunday's game and yeah did not did not go our way whatsoever and we'll talk about that Dolphins Bills game in a bit. Uh, yeah other than that I had a great Sunday watching in some cool dive bar in Montreal. Might have had a few too many drinks. Might have had a few too many shots. Maybe that's why I have a hurt ankle. I'm blaming it on the uneven steps and floors. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, it was a fun day. It was a lot of good games on. It was a lot of sloppy football on, that's for sure. And we'll get into all of that in the week four recap. Uh, for this show, just me right now. Uh battling the sun if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I guess let's just get straight into the NFL Weekly Update before we get into uh, the Week 4 Recap. Brain fart. I don't know why I did that, but let's keep going. Uh, so, Jameson Williams is eligible to return this week, and you might wonder, didn't he get a six-game suspension? Also, Titans right tackle uh, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. He's also eligible to return because the NFL changed their gambling policies, their gambling rules. So now it's only four games for what they did, and I got the rest right here for you. Uh, if you bet on NFL games not involving your team, at least a one-year suspension. If it involves your team, minimum two years. Betting on non-NFL games in a team facility, uh, two games for first violation, six games for second, at least one year for third. Um, that's what Jameson Williams and Nicholas Petit-Ferrer both did. Uh, they both bet on non-NFL events at their team facilities, which is, isn't allowed. Would have been a two-game suspension. They missed four games for it. was supposed to be six games. I think that's fair. Um, inside information and or tipping, minimum one year. Third-party or proxy betting, minimum one year. That basically means if you have someone else betting for you. Uh, and attempting to fix games, banished from the NFL, you will be the NFL's version of Pete Rose, banished forever. Uh, yeah, I think all of that makes sense. I think we kind of needed some clarity within the gambling rules. and Because it felt like a lot getting six games for betting on something that's not your sport just because you're at work. Uh I get it, obviously. It's it's a slippery slope letting players, letting NFL players bet at team facilities, and that's why they don't allow it. Uh, two games feels a lot better than six for a first game violation. And after that, if you keep doing it, you're an idiot. That's just on you. Uh, we'll keep moving on. Next note up, uh, former Patriot Cardinal Raider Chandler Jones has been arrested and since released from the Raiders. Um... Yeah, so the arrest was, uh, he disobeyed a, oh, what's the right word? It was just in my head. Uh, a restraining order, a domestic restraining order. 
Don't know what that's about. Either way, after the arrest, they released him. Um, and he's just been kind of going on these weird rants ever since. Uh, he claims that Aaron Hernandez's suicide was suspicious uh, and thinks Josh McDaniels had something to do with it. He thinks that Mark Davis is harboring his baby mama and stepdaughter. Uh, just not, not great. And Chandler Jones, one of the best players of this decade or of this previous decade, uh, hell of a player, hell of a talent. And this, I, it's a slippery slope. It's you hope that he finds the right help and get the right help that he needs because he's obviously going through some sort of mental health episode right now. And if you know his brother, John, uh, UFC champion, UFC heavyweight champion, former light, light heavyweight champion. I mean, honestly, the UFC GOAT. Uh, he's also gone through his own mental health shit. And this is something as a family they should probably be looking into. And they have the resources. They have the resources available to them if they want to. I just hope that they get it. And we see Chandler Jones back healthy on the football field being his best self. Because again, we've seen this story before from former NFL players, former athletes in general, and I just, I, 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 oh my god, I really do just hope for the best. He's, it's sad. I, I hope he gets the help he needs, and I think that's just kind of where we should leave it. Uh, next note up, uh, Tyler Higby, we have uh, contract extension news. Tyler Higby, the Rams tight end, gets a three-year, $27 million extension, up to $35 million, uh, $30.5 million. My bad, not $35. Uh, 17 mil guaranteed. Tyler Higby is a top 10 NFL tight end. Uh, I don't say that with a lot of confidence. I think Tyler Higby is a top 10 tight end. I mean, I'm not going to go off the top of my head. No, no. I won't go off the top of my head, but top 10-ish. Top 10 conversation. I think that's fair. Solid. Good number to get him at. Uh, he's a fairly focal part in Sean McVay's offense. Uh, good for him for getting that bag. Good for him for securing that money. Uh, and last note up. Uh, Canadian, former Baltimore Raven, John Urschel, who was the Ravens guard slash center for three seasons. So he retired back in 2017, but now he just got hired as the professor of math mathematics at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Oh, I guess I could have just said MIT. That's stupid of me for not realizing. Yeah, so he's now the professor of mathematics at MIT, former Ravens offensive lineman, Canadian, good old Canadian boy from the prairies in Winnipeg there. Uh... Yeah, so I guess while he was playing, uh, in his free time between practices and games, he was able to publish six academic papers in his free time, uh, also landing him on the list for Forbes 30 Under 30 for Outstanding Scientists. This is while he was in the NFL. Uh, so he retired in 2017 to pursue his interest in advanced theoreti theoretical mathematics. He finished with his PhD in MIT in 2021. And yeah, now he is teaching a class in mathematics. 
Uh, I love seeing stories like this. Guys who have other interests outside of football players. Obviously, he is an incredibly smart man, smart person. Uh, and it's nice, yeah, like seeing, oh, I'm a physical freak on the football field. But nah, I love math so much that I'm going to go teach that instead. Uh, good for him. Good for the Canadian guy. Uh, kind of reminds me of a guy like Josh Dobbs, the now Cardinals starting quarterback. Uh, when he was at Tennessee... He had offers at NASA where it's like, hey, you have a job waiting for us here. You can be an astronaut, probably not an astronaut, but working on the shuttles, working on whatever satellites and probes that they're sending out there. Cool shit at NASA. That's kind of what they do. Um, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go test out the NFL thing. He was, uh, he was drafted on the third day of the draft uh, and kind of story the story is there now he's now a starting quarterback for the cardinals and he's looked pretty good but just another guy who's ridiculously smart he's like no i'm gonna go take a chance to be one of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the nfl something that not a lot of people accomplish it's less than one percent definitely way less than one percent uh yeah just cool seeing very very smart people still put their bodies through what they're going through in the NFL. But uh, yeah, uh, we will keep moving on. Let's get into the week four recap. Uh, yeah, Re week four recap coming up. Okay, week four recap time. As always, let's start off with the game we just finished watching, or I guess watched most recently. Seahawks 24, Giants 3, Monday Night Football. Uh, was Jamal Adams' triumphant return after missing over a year with his torn quad. He came back, played, I don't know, about like 10 snaps and was out immediately, left with a concussion. He was furious. Uh, and he was going to make a big impact in this game. And I think that we saw other players on Seattle make those impacts. Uh, the Seahawks just crushed them. The Seahawks were the better team. I can't believe this game was a pick em at this point last week. Uh, yeah, Seahawks. Seahawks killed them. Wasn't a great game. Wasn't great on both sides, but uh, was good enough. It was the defense. It was Seattle's defense that really carried them. They had 11 total sacks on the day. Uh, that Giants beat-up offensive line could do absolutely nothing. But here we are talking about beat-up offensive lines and the Seahawks are literally playing without anyone. Uh, Seattle's week one starting uh, offensive line, Charles Cross at left tackle, Damian Lewis at left guard, Evan Brown at center, center uh, Phil Haynes right guard, Abe Lucas right tackle. The current lineup is Stone Forsyth left tackle, Evan Brown left guard, Olu Oluwatimi, who was a rookie at center, Anthony Bradford, who was a rookie at right guard, and... Jake Curhan at right tackle. Uh, yeah, they're playing with their complete backup offensive line. Some guys who are third string and still whooped this Giants team who they had a pretty good defense last year. That is a big reason why they won so many games was because of that defense. And that defense has taken a huge step back. Uh, again, the Seahawks offense didn't do, do, do much, but they didn't need to just because of how bad the Giants are in general. Uh, big shout out to uh, Devon Witherspoon on Seattle, finishing with seven tackles on the day, 
two sacks, an interception, and it was a pick six. Um, absolutely huge for the fifth overall pick. Fifth overall pick. Absolutely huge for him. Uh, I know people going into the weeks was, oh, Seattle should have drafted Jalen Carter, but now it looks like they have a spectacular duo with Witherspoon and Reek Woolen. Uh, I saw someone tweet out that now that Pete Carroll has two physical rangy corners, he is never going to leave. Uh, and I don't blame him. He's he's building a good defense there. The Seattle, hopefully Adams comes back next week or a couple weeks, obviously with concussions, you really want to take your time. But he was fiery that he wasn't allowed back in the game. Uh, for a good reason, though. He was stumbling off the field. He looked woozy uh, after getting hit in the knee or kicked in the face or however you want to say it. But uh, Seahawks defense could cause not some problems, but I think that they'll just continue to get better throughout the season. Uh, the the Giants. Um, this is a team that I had... Decent aspirations for. I didn't think that they would be a playoff team, but I thought that they would just be better given they brought in other talent, uh, other talent, more defensive talent, offensive talent, but it really just all falls. And no, it doesn't all fall on Daniel Jones because there are a lot of people hurt. The offensive line is banged up. The defense has not played well. Uh, but at the end of the day, they gave Daniel Jones a four-year, $160 million contract. I know that's not really how that contract shakes out. It's really like a two-year deal. But Daniel Jones is trying his best, and he's just not great. And I said it. If Saquon Barkley goes down for this offense, that's it. Daniel Jones is not someone who can lead the charge. He doesn't. He can't be conservative enough to make safe throws and the right throws. Uh, yeah, I Daniel Jones just isn't the guy. Um, it's too bad. It's too bad. And right now the Giants look like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, I got a uh, got some stats here. Worst first half point margin through four games since 1970. Uh, at number one, you have the Browns from 1975 with a minus 70 first half point differential. Uh, tied for third, you have the 2023 Giants with minus 68. They have been outscored 77 to 9 through the first four weeks, first halves of the season. They've just been flat out bad, and I don't think there's really any, any other way to say it. Their defense has taken step back. Kayvon Thibodeau does not look as explosive as he did where he ended last season. The secondary isn't very good. It's just, it's nothing's working for them. Everything that worked well for them last year just isn't working right now. Uh, and I think we can leave it at that. I don't know what the solution is for the Giants. I mean, obviously, it's get a new quarterback, but you just paid a guy $40 million a year. So you're kind of stuck with him for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's go all the way back to Thursday night football now. Lions 34, Packers 20. Uh, the blind Thursday night football recap with Chu. We got some things wrong. We got some things right. I was definitely right about David Montgomery still vulturing those TDs, even though I did not start him in fantasy. He had a fucking day. Uh, 
three TDs for David Montgomery, and I think he had 120, 100, 121 yards on the ground. Now, did he only average 3.8 yards per carry? He did, but who cares? They won the game, and they won the game by a lot. Uh, yeah, let's let's just talk about this game. Uh, so, Lions started off with the ball. Goff throws an opening pick. Back-to-back uh, -back games with a pick from him, which I don't know how far back we'd have to go for uh, the last time he's done that, considering he just almost... He was close to breaking the games without an error. Attempts without an interception record. He was around the mark anyways, but now back-to-back -back picks for him. Uh, and then after that, the Lions just absolutely rolled. The Packers could do nothing. The Packers, who have been very, very hurt this year, uh, could do nothing to stop this Lions offense. Jameer Gibbs is getting a little more involved. Still not great, though. Uh, I think the... Snap percentages for them was uh, David Mont Montgomery was like 77% and uh, Jameer Gibbs was like 33% or something like that. Uh, he'll get involved. He's getting more involved. They're easing him in. Uh, next week, they get Jamison Williams back too. This offense, this Lions offense that has been very, very good to start the year so far could reach another level if it really wants to. Jamison Williams, we haven't really seen him be that first-round guy, that high-round pick from Alabama, that burner that we saw. Hasn't been... Uh, we just haven't seen that Jamison Williams yet. I don't really know where I was going with that, but uh, if Jamo kind of hits what his ceiling could be, even if he's just like a third of or two-thirds of that, Still better than, like, Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds, uh, hopefully, anyways. But the Lions offense could take another level with Jamo, with Gibbs getting more touches. Uh, Montgomery, say what you want about him. He's a very solid back, and that's why I picked him in fantasy. He's doing that Jamal Williams role very, very nicely. Uh, talk about the Lions defense for a bit. Aiden Hutchinson is an absolute monster. I think he's right up there with leading... Uh, leading in pressures for, I mean, just all defensive players. He is going to be a future defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, the Lions got an absolute killer with him. He looks like he's going to be the focal point of their defense going forward. Uh, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about the Lions. Uh, Packers, they rallied late. Um, didn't really matter at the end of the day. Uh, Jordan Love looks fine. Again, played very poorly in that first half, but they did rally a little bit. Uh, he took some shots, got down the field. I think he had, they had like a very, very, very long TD drive at one point. Then they hit Jaden Reed. And then the Lions just kind of killed the clock and had like a 14-play, 75-yard drive where they killed so much time, scored a touchdown, and that was kind of that for them. Uh... Yeah, the Packers, it's just, I, it's not going to be their year. They have a lot of guys hurt. David Bakhtiari is back on IR. Uh, I hope that he's able to come back at some point because he has been a force at left tackle for that Packers team for so long. Very, very, very good player. Uh, so hopefully he comes back. But there's just a lot of question marks about the Packers. And we've been saying for 
a month now where, oh, just wait until they get healthy, wait until they get healthy, and they just kind of aren't. Uh, it's tough to kind of judge Jordan Love, but we have to judge him based off what we're seeing right now, and he's been a fine NFL quarterback. I don't think he's done anything to overly impress me. He hasn't done a lot to be like, oh, no, he just flat out stinks. Again, I think he's been fine, and I think being fine at this stage of his NFL career, I mean, I know technically he's in year four, but this is really year one for him, and he's been he's been okay. We've seen what these, I mean, C.J. Stroud looks absolutely unbelievable, and Anthony Richardson has his holy shit moments, uh, but we see how Bryce Young looks right now, and Bryce Young also looks fine, and we'll get to the Panthers talk soon. I don't think it's any reason for the Packers to be nervous about their QB of the future, uh... But let's just get some consistency on offense with the same guys, same guys in week in and week out. They seem healthier on offense. Obviously, David Bakhtiari is a huge loss, but Watson was back this week doing his thing, not really catching too many balls, but scoring a touchdown every time he's in a game. Uh, Aaron Jones came back, did absolutely nothing, but at least they're back. At least they're back. Uh, don't know who the Packers play next week, but hopefully it's better. I guess we'll see. I'm not really sold on the Packers at all at this point. I don't know what to think, but they're just a team right now for me. Uh, next game up, we are on to the Sunday game, starting off with the 9.30 a.m. London game, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, that would be. Uh, it was also the Toy Story game, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but Falcons 7, Jags 23. Uh, this was a bad game to watch uh the Jags offense just doesn't look great their offensive line is not very good the run game is also bad I don't Travis Etienne is just not a guy who you can run in between the tackles uh and I think that's fine and people need to realize that and you need to scheme him differently than oh let's give this I don't know I feel like he's like 5'9 180 185 guy to run up the middle doesn't doesn't work too well unless you're a special player. I don't think Travis Etienne is a special player. Could he be a very good player? I'm sure he can be. Uh, the run game, yeah. Run game's not good. Trevor Lawrence did have a, uh, a bounce back game for him. Made some wow throws. Still had some drops from his receivers. But he finished 23 of 30, 207 yards and a passing touchdown. Again, not electric, but considering... Etienne had to average 2.8 yards on the ground on 20 rushes. Uh, not great. Trevor Lawrence was the best rusher of the football. And that was a big thing that we haven't really seen from Trevor Lawrence yet in his career. Using that athleticism. Because we all know that he has it. And like another guy who I'm going to talk about who's tall and white and has a great head of hair. Uh, also figured out, hey, I'm pretty fucking athletic. I, can, I did this in college pretty well. Why can't I do it here? Uh, so he's learning, getting better, uh, was a better game from him, just, yeah, the offense just doesn't look great currently. It has the ability to be great right now, it's just okay, uh, I wanna say that the, uh, the Jags defense got back on track, but, like, when you're playing this Falcons offense, woof, uh, Last note on the Jags is they are staying in London this week. They have another London game against the Bills this Sunday. I think that'll be a huge advantage for them on top of just being the home team there. Uh, 
not getting that jet lag time will be key. They are used to it now. Uh, but that's more for a Friday episode with the preview. And I'll break down all of those games wonderfully on Friday, but you must wait until then. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, this Falcons offense, man, Desmond Ritter is just an appalling QB, and I, I don't get it. He threw two back-to-back picks. I think on the next drive, he should have thrown another one, and it was dropped by Darius Williams. Darius Williams had a pick six uh, on him. Yeah, Desmond Ritter on the day, 19 of 31, 191 passing yards, one passing touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, I said it. I said it during the preview where this could go one of either way. If the game script gets away from the Falcons early and they are forced to pass the ball with Desmond Ritter, they are going to lose the game. If they were able to run the ball... Limit the Jags' uh, points, which they almost did, because the Falcons' defense is—it's been playing pretty damn well. It's been—it's it, been pretty good, but yeah, uh, you can't have Desmond Ritter pass for over. I'm—I'm I'm gonna lower the number. Was it 25? I'm gonna set it at 22. If Des—if Desmond Ritter has a game where he passes more than 22 times in a game, the Falcons are losing that game. Uh it's been bad. He is not the quarterback. They have guys. They are using... I mean, Bijan Robinson is elite. He might be their best running back in football, but we don't know because Desmond Ritter fucking sucks. Uh, and, like, Drake London is being severely underused. He's very good. Kyle Pitts is in prison because uh, Arthur Smith loves Jonu Smith that badly. It's just very funny at this point. Jonu Smith finished the day, six catches, 95 yards. Kyle Pitts, two catches, 21 yards. Um, I don't know why they don't trade Kyle Pitts, if we're really being honest. Like, his value has probably never been lower, but it's also... You're telling me that someone wouldn't give up a second-round pick for Kyle Pitts? The fucking Bears gave one up for Chase Claypool last year, uh, and I'm sure they're regretting that, but... um, yeah, the the Falcons, it just feels like if they were able to and if coaches were ballsy enough, uh, if I was Arthur Smith, if the game script was going my way and we're running the ball, the defense is playing well, and we're controlling the game clock, getting points through the ground, Desmond Ritter can hit his nice little spots, you start Desmond Ritter. As soon as the game script gets away from it, you put in Taylor Heineke, because that man does not give a shit about what happens to his body, where he throws the ball. He is giving his guys a chance no matter what. Desmond Ritter just doesn't give you a chance to come back in a game ever. Uh, the Falcons will be back, uh, back at home this week. And Desmond Ritter is undefeated at home in his career. I think that's going to end this week. I don't know who they play. Oh, I think they play the Texans. That'll be an interesting game. And I don't really know what to expect from it. But again, that's what Friday's show's for. Uh, yeah, the Falcons are just another one of these NFC South teams where they all feel like they can be around seven wins for the year. Uh, but give Bijan Robinson the ball more. Bijan is fantastic. He had 14 carries for 105 yards, 7.5 average. What is this man averaging on the season? He is averaging... Uh, he's averaging six yards a carry right now. Give this man the ball more. Make him the focal point of your offense. Enough with Tyler Algier. How many, how many more touches to Tyler Algier? Tyler Algier had seven touches for 16 yards. 
Stop it. Just make Bijan Robinson the only guy. It's time. It's time. We like Tyler Algier here. He had a very good year last year. But you know why you drafted Bijan in the first round. He is special. He is the best running back prospect we've had since Saquon or Adrian Peterson. Give this man the ball. It is time. Um, and yeah, this game was also streamed uh, on Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, whatever. The Toy Story version I was not able to watch myself because I am in Canada and... We don't get to watch anything fun up here. Um, yeah, the Toy Story from the clips that I saw looked pretty cool. Uh, was nice to see that Bijan Robinson run where he broke... Uh, was it Chad Muma? Was it his ankles? I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was just kind of cool. It was nice seeing Slinky Dog being uh, the line of... Or being the chain markers. I know there was a couple times where it was like... First and 35, and he was stretched out, like, a ton. Uh, cool, though. Obviously not for me, and with the it being all cartoon, basically, I think it ended up being, like, 15 plays behind the actual live game, which is fine. This is a new thing that they're trying out. I'm sure every time that they do it, it'll continuously getting better. But, hey, this, is, this will be a way that hopefully when I have kids, if I do have kids, that I will be able to watch with my son or daughter this cartoon version of football where I will be getting aggressively mad at these cartoon characters on the TV and what they're doing, but they will be enjoying it because, oh, look, there's Woody and Bo Peep and Jesse and Buzz. Uh, yeah, so cool idea. Good on the NFL for trying new things. I think it's smart. Uh, let's keep going, though. Uh, back into the 1 o'clock slate, we have the Steelers 6, Texans 30. Uh, C.J. Stroud has undoubtedly been a top 10 QB so far this season. Now, obviously, that would just just the body of work this season. Because, obviously, there's guys who definitely have more of a claim to that top 10 throne. But, right now, C.J. Stroud has just been absolutely fantastic. He is beating the uh, Ohio State QB allegations. He's been great. On the day he was... Should have these always loaded up sooner, but I always forget. That's the ADHD. 16 for 30, 306 yards, two passing touchdowns. Still no interceptions for him on the season. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited about this Texans future, man. Uh, Nico Collins had a hell of a day. Seven receptions, 168 yards, two touchdowns. Tank Dell had a quieter day, but we know we like Tank Dell. Tank Dell, very good. Dalton Schultz finally got involved. Three catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, it's not a bad Texans offense, and right now the offensive line is pretty bad. They are extremely banged up. Hopefully they get some of their guys back soon, because if this is what the Texans offense looks like with... Uh, patched offensive line. I can't wait to see what it looks like when Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil are back in the mix. Uh, this Texans team is fun. I'm excited to see where they're going, where they're trending. Uh, their red unis with the red helmets looked absolutely killer. Uh, yeah, Will Anderson doing his thing. The defense looking very good. Uh, not very good, but good for 
a defense that has a bunch of holes still in young players. It's it's good. Uh, the Texans are trending in the right direction. This division's wide open right now. Every team in it is two and two. Do I think the Texans could win the division? I don't think so, but I think that everyone in this this is like an NFC South division. I think that the Jags are still better than all of these other teams, and they'll get back on track. But I don't know if you want to say the Titans, Texans, and Colts are comparable to the uh, Saints, Falcons, Buccaneers, and Panthers. Uh, I wouldn't say no. Um, Steelers on the other side. I I don't know where to start. It really it really just starts with the offense. Uh, since Matt Canada became the Steelers offensive coordinator in 2021, the team has not had a single game with 400 yards total of offense. Every other team in the NFL has had at least four games minimum over that number in that time span. Uh, so in three seasons, 2021, two and a quarter seasons, Matt Canada has never had a 400-yard total offense game for the Steelers, while every other team has had four. And people might be, oh, they've had the corpse of Big Ben that uh, 2021 year, and then Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett, we'll, we'll get to that, but... Um, this isn't a Steelers team that's just, like, devoid of talent. George Pickens is an absolute dog. Uh, say what you want about Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, but, like, they're NFL players. They're not, like, scrubs that just got picked off, like, free agency and they're just here. Like, they're fine, talented players. Like, Pat Fryermuth, very good tight end. I don't know what it is, what he's doing to not... And it's like, they had Deontay Johnson. Obviously, he's been hurt this year, but they've had Deontay Johnson for the last two seasons, too, and still nothing. Um, something, Something's got to give at one point. Matt Canada clearly isn't doing the job. He got promoted two weeks ago. Uh, he needs to get fired outright. They need a new offensive coordinator in there. Uh, it's just not good in this. I mean, the Steelers' defense that's been one of the best all season got absolutely bitched by the Texans and I think a lot of that has to do with how bad the Steelers QB play was uh Kenny Pickett 15 for 23 114 yards and did he have a pick six I want to feel I want to say that he had a pick six he didn't have a pick six he just had a pick uh he left the game with an injury uh he's fine it was just kind of a bad bruise uh, good job Kenny Pickett uh yeah I like, the Steelers' defense, which has been on a tear this year, TJ Watt, six sacks going into the game. They got zero on the day. I don't know what it is about this Texans, like, patchwork offensive line, but it's been pretty damn good so far. Um, yeah, was it the Steelers' day? I think they're back at home this week. Uh, hopefully a bounce-back game, but Kenny Pickett, man. I The fact that he was a first-round pick is mind-blowing to me. Like, we see what Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell are doing, and that's where he should have been picked. He should have picked in that range. I mean, if Sam Howell was the first QB pick by uh, by the Steelers, I think the Steelers team would be way better. Um, actually, I don't know, because Matt Canada is a terrorist. But 
yeah, this is just kind of, I have, I have written down that the, tell me the difference between the Patriots and the Steelers, because there just really isn't one at this point. Uh, same team right now. Both teams' scripts can't get going. Uh, yeah, we will keep moving on. We don't have to talk about how bad the Steelers are. Next game up, Rams 29, Colts 23. This game went to overtime. Uh, the Rams just squeaked this one out. They had a 23-0 lead. They almost blew it. They didn't. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean... These are two teams where I didn't know what to expect. I did pick the Colts, uh, I think plus one and a half. They were a home dog. I thought the Colts, they've been good, and they have been good. Uh, but the Colts' defense just couldn't stop. It, it'll be close with him and C.J. Stroud for Rookie of the Year, but Puka Nakua, nine catches, 163 yards, one touchdown on the day. Uh, I talk about him every week, but Puka has been an absolute killer for this Rams team, song Cooper Cup right now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think Cooper Cup's trending to maybe be back this week. I think he'll definitely be back week six. I'm interested to see if the passing attack of the Rams really takes another level once Cup comes back. Or will Cup just take Puka's role and Puka will kind of just fade into middling receiver I doubt it Sean McVay is a smart enough man that he has two guys that get wide open constantly seems like something a good coach would take advantage of and I think he will uh the Rams defense is just I think it is what it is it's not very good Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald and he is doing Aaron Donald things other than that a bunch of young players who are just kind of finding their NFL footing I think it'll it's an okay defense is it good? No. Is it average? No. But uh, the Rams, I think, for the Rams to win games, they need to score a lot of points, which is obviously most most teams. But some teams try to win with their defense. See the fucking Steelers. Um, yeah. Uh, the Colts, though. Anthony Richardson absolutely looks the part right now. He... Again, wasn't wasn't terrific on the day, but it's the flashes that you want to see from a guy like Anthony Richardson. Again, he was 11 for 25. Yee. Uh, 200 yards, two passing touchdowns, though. Also had 10, or 10 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. Uh, again, wasn't great for Anthony Richardson, but he made plays when it mattered. I mean, there was a throw where he had Aaron Donald draped all over him, and he still threw it 38 30 yards down the field on a rope. Uh, the wow plays are there from him, and you're seeing things that can make him a very special quarterback in this league. It's, again, it's whether or not we see it all get put together, because that is the hard part. That is what separates the good from the elite. Uh, I'm hoping for Anthony Richardson. It looks like they have a good one. Uh, he's going to be a very, very fun quarterback in this league, regardless. Um what other notes do I have for the Colts here? Uh, oh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor is looking to come back next week. He is coming off the pup list. And now I am very intrigued by this Colts offense. Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor. That run game should be very good now. Get Pittman. Get Pierce. Get Josh Downs involved. Uh, 
Colts trending up, even though this was a loss. Uh, they they did say it on part of my take on Monday, but this is kind of a uh, this is kind of a s- spot where both teams win. Uh, the Colts played a very very close game, a game that they shouldn't have been in, but then came back, lost, and then the Rams just flat out won. And good game on both sides, good game by both teams. Uh, and this kind of both teams up in my rankings uh, after this game. Uh, next game up, a very, very bad game. Vikings 21, Panthers 13. This was just a battle of two bad football teams. Justin Jefferson continues to do his thing. Uh, 85 yards, two touchdowns on the day. There was two two defensive scorers in the game. Kirk Cousins threw a pick six. And Kirk was tracking down, trying to make that play. And I don't know what Panthers defender, but... He saw an opportunity, and he absolutely took it. Uh, he just leveled Kirk Cousins, and it was completely legal because you're allowed to block for your guys going down the field, but Kirk Cousins got tossed. Uh, didn't matter, though. Didn't matter that Kirk tossed that... Uh, uh, didn't matter that Kirk tossed that pick six because the Panthers also gave them one right back. Uh, I think it was... DJ Wanham of the Vikings that scored and that kind of ended up being the difference of the game was only a one score game in the end was it DJ Wanham it was DJ Wanham uh but yeah he had a fumble six or scoop and score that's the better term uh yeah it was Kirk's worst day of the season so far 12 for 19 139 yards two passing touchdowns two picks uh but yeah this Panthers team is just devoid of any offensive talent every like everywhere the running game is terrible Adam Thielen is their best receiver which I've been saying it at Adam Thielen being your best receiver in the year 2023 not a good thing right now uh there was drops Bryce Young looks frustrated with some of the play calling uh there was a video that was going around Twitter today where uh, Young threw a screen pass to Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall immediately slipped behind the line of scrimmage. And Bryce Young, as soon as he threw the ball, didn't even see him slip, turned around at the coaches and was just kind of like, what are we doing here? Like, come on. Uh, and Bryce Young, he hasn't looked great. He hasn't had a ton of wow moments, but he's looked good. Um, Not looked good, good, but he's looked good enough. He was 25 for 32. Uh, 204 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions on the day. Uh, I think he only has two interceptions on the year, and both of those came uh, came in week one. But yeah, he had a couple touchdowns dropped. He is making plays. It just again, they need they need weapons. They need actual serviceable NFL weapons out there, and it doesn't help that they have the worst guard in the NFL currently. Uh, Chandler Zavala. Zavala. Zavala? Yeah, Zavala. Chandler Zavala, worst guard in football right now. Uh, He has allowed 28 pressures this season. No other guard has allowed more than 14. This is all per PFF, of course. Uh, In week three alone, Zavala allowed 14 pressures in one game. So that 14 pressures is the same total in one game that the second highest guard has all season. Uh, He's been terrible. The Panthers are missing Brady Christensen a ton. Um, 
Yeah, Panthers, it was the battle of the 0-3 teams. The Vikings came out on top, I guess. Uh, Panthers stink. It's been floated around out there that uh, the Panthers should trade for T. Higgins. Obviously, T. Higgins, it looks like he's out for the season, but... They traded DJ Chark away, their one good weapon, and God, are they missing him right now. Uh, they're also missing J.C. Horn and... Uh, oh, I should know who their safety that's out is. That's my bad. I'm sorry, people. Uh, who is the safety that is out for the Panthers? Dun, 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 dun. Xavier Woods. Yeah, uh, no J.C. Horn, no Xavier Woods. Tough sledding for the Panthers. Uh... Panthers 0-4 without their first-round pick. Not looking great. Uh, we'll move on, though. Next game up, Buccaneers 26, Saints 9. Uh, Baker might be a top-20 QB in the NFL right now. Uh, I'm not going to say names that he's better than, but I think that one could definitely make a debate that Baker Mayfield is a top-20 QB right now in the NFL. Um... He finished the day 246 yards, three TDs, one pick. Uh, yeah, he's just been good so far this season. I don't think there's really any other way to put it. He's been solid, obviously. His weapons have been very good around him. They've been helping him out. but And so has the defense. The defense has looked very, very good so far. Vita Vey, I think, had two sacks on the day. That man is a monster. I absolutely adore him. Uh, yeah, that Bucks defense is playing well. Todd Bowles is having that Bucks defense play very well. It is still a lot of the same guys that were a part of that Super Bowl team just three seasons ago now. Uh, yeah, the Bucks are the best team currently in the NFC South. I don't think that's a big honor, but they've... They've shown some stuff. Again, I think that everything will settle itself out by the end of the season, and I think the winner of this NFC South division is probably only going to have nine wins, probably. Might be the same as last year, where everyone just sucks again. But uh, we shall see. Um, the Saints. Saints aren't a good team, but they aren't a bad team. They're just kind of there like every other team in the NFC South right now. Uh Alvin Kamara, absolutely hilarious stat line for the day. 13 catches for 30, 33 yards, 2.5 a catch. Uh, that's the lowest total yards on 13 catches. The next closest uh, total was 71 yards from a man named James Wilder in 1985. Thank you for uh, Stat Hole Sports for that stat. Um, yeah, so 13 catches for 33 yards, and then the next lowest was 71 uh, have a day, Alvin Kamara, you PPR monster. Um, part of the reason why I won my matchup this week is because he caught so many fucking balls. Uh, obviously, Derek Carr is hurt, but even then, Derek Carr, not a great QB regardless. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Saints are just... The Saints are the Saints. That's... I don't think I can really say anything other than that. I'm not impressed by anything that they do. They're just one of these teams that are going to be around all season. They won't be bad, they won't be good, but they'll be there. Um, so we'll keep moving on. Uh, next game up, Commanders 31, Eagles 34. This is a surprise game that went to overtime. Uh, but at the end of the day, A.J. Brown just absolutely bitched Emmanuel Forbes up and down the field all day. Uh, 
while Forbes was covering A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown had six catches for 147 yards and two TDs. Uh, I think he also covered Devontae Smith a bit. Also got torched. I think he gave up 200 yards uh, through the air this week. Not great, but I get he's your first round pick. Uh, Washington, you want to match him up against the best, but uh, putting Emmanuel Forbes, who I think at the combine was like 6'1, 165, against AJ Brown, who's 6'1, 215. Not great, not great. And you can see the difference between a boy and a man. And that difference was six catches for 147 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Hurts was very good through the air as kind of expected Uh, 25 for 37 319 yards, 2 passing touchdowns and when I say as expected meaning that this is a weaker commander secondary and I needed to see Jalen Hurts have a game like this where things weren't really working on the ground that well Swift was contained for 14 carries for 56 yards, only 4 only averaged 4, Kenneth Gainwell also got involved but we don't really care about Kenneth Gainwell anymore. Uh, yeah, so it was good to see the uh, the Eagles offense get going. And this is a good Commanders front seven. We'll talk about them in, in a bit. But yeah, the game went to overtime. The Commanders got up uh, quick and fast. And the Eagles crawled their way back in, got to overtime. Uh, they needed a brotherly shove play. And yes, that is what the play is being dubbed as. Enough of the tush-push, although probably funnier. I like the brotherly shove, because obviously Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Uh, But yeah, they converted converted a brotherly shove in overtime. Got there, and then yeah, Jake Elliott was able to kick a field goal from there. Um, Yeah, the Eagles Eagles are very good. Uh, The Eagles' secondary, however, is extremely extremely beat up right now uh i don't think there's anything else i can really say they're they're in desperate need of safety help badly i think that three of their safeties are all hurt now so when you play this eagles team you can pick them apart in the air um because it's yeah it's not like the eagles front seven wasn't getting their pressures uh Nick Morrow, the linebacker, three sacks on the day. Josh Sweat had a sack, and Hassan Reddick got his first sack of the season. But, uh, yeah, Eagles are rolling. Eagles are a very good team. Uh, good bounce-back week for the Commanders. Obviously, that's two straight losses, but looked a hell of a lot better than it did last week. Uh, Sam Howell looking back to being like an NFL quarterback, like I say that he is. 29 for 41, 290 uh Passing yards, one passing touchdown. Couldn't get much on the ground. Uh, Brian Robinson was contained for kind of the first time all season. Did have a touchdown. Sam Howell did contribute for 40 yards on the ground. Uh, Stop giving Antonio Gibson the ball. I'm just going to keep saying that. Uh, yeah, it was a good game from Sam, Sam Howell. Uh, nice to see him bounce back. Uh and yeah, this Commanders front seven, they, again, continue doing what they've been doing, even against this very good uh, Eagles offensive line. They had three sacks on the day, one from safety Cam Curl, uh, one from Jonathan Allen, and then another one from Chase Young. Since Chase Young has been back, he's been he's been pretty nice. I think he's only played in two games. 
Three games now. Three games now. He has two and a half sacks. Uh, hopefully, he keeps up that total because I want to see J- Chase Young be the Chase Young that we all thought he could be, and which is one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Uh, I hope he gets there, and he's trending there right now. So hopefully, Chase Young keeps doing what he's doing. Uh, yeah, Commanders. You played well. You played hard. You almost won. Uh, the Eagles are just the better team, and you needed to play perfectly to beat them, and unfortunately, you did not. Uh, we'll keep going, though. Ugh, next game up, Bills 48, Dolphins 20. What else can I say, but we got absolutely whooped. The Bills offense and defense... I mean, the Bills' offense just absolutely killed us. Uh, Let's start off with the Bills. Obviously, they are the winning team. Stephon Diggs, have yourself a day. Three touchdowns on the day. Uh, 120-yard on only six catches, too. Um, Yeah, it was just kind of one of those... And no, okay, no. I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking about the Bills. Keep giving them their praise. Uh, the Bills' pass rush was absolutely great. They sacked Tua four times on the day after Tua's only been sacked once so far this season. And this is all without Vaughn Miller, who is coming back very, very soon. But Greg Russo looks like he's hit another level. Ed Oliver has been very good to start this season. Daquan Jones has also been great next to him. And yeah, Vaughn Miller coming back very, very soon should take that pass rush to another level. Um, Josh Allen kept doing Josh Allen things, the things that he's been doing since week two. We won't mention that week one game anymore. Um, but Josh Allen was 21 of 25, 320 yards, four passing touchdowns. Uh, the Dolphins defense just couldn't do anything to stop them. And I have some concerns about the defense, but yeah, the Bills are one of these premier teams and people in the group chat want to be like, Oh, it was nice when it lasted, huh, Wellsy? And it's just—it's week four. We're on to week five. The Bills are a very good team. The Bills, in my power rankings, were a top five team in the NFL coming into this week. We lost to a top five team in football. The stats were objectively closer than the score appeared. I will say that um, when you look at first downs, we had 20. uh, The Bills had 24. Uh, We had 142 rushing yards. They had 104. We had 251 passing yards. They had 310. Total yards was 393 for the Dolphins, 414 for the Bills. Uh, The difference was just turnovers, really. Uh, Tua had an interception. Raheem Mostert fumbled the ball. We went 0 for 3 on fourth downs. Uh, We tried to stay competitive in this game. We just couldn't do it, and those those were the mistakes that cost us. We had costly penalties. We fumbled the ball four times, even though we only did lost them. But we had eight penalties for 98 yards. The game didn't go our way whatsoever. And I'm a bigger person, so I'm not going to mention the injuries, even though Jalen Phillips, Connor Williams, Jalen Ramsey, and Deshaun Elliott were all out for us. But I'm a bigger person. I'm not going to mention them. Um... Yeah, it was, the offense played well. The offense played well. And again, people want to say, oh, Tua, Tua's fallen back down to earth. He completed 70% of his passes, had 282 passing yards, a touchdown and a pick. 
If that's coming back down to earth, I'll fucking take it. That's a good game for most quarterbacks. That would be Joe Burrow's best game of the season. Uh, yeah, and it looks like we've got a running back in Devon Aching. He only had uh, eight carries on the day. But he had eight carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, what did he put up? And then he had three catches for 19 yards. It looks like he will be Miami's feature running back going forward. Mostert fumbled. He also had, what was it there? Seven carries for nine yards. Didn't have a great day. He's still catching the ball more than A-Chain, but I think that that will change probably next week. Actually, it'll probably be a duo of scenes that we're playing the Giants, but... Either way, um, the offense wasn't bad. The offense wasn't bad. I'm fine with putting up 20 points on this Bills team, and we went for two, and we went for it on fourth downs, and it's whatever. It's fine. We could have had more points. Well, whatever. 20 points, those stats on offense, fine. The fucking defense, man. I don't like... Whoa, I, I, I don't even know where to start. And it's like... Yes, I did just say that, okay, no Jalen Phillips, fine, whatever. No Deshaun Elliott, whatever. Jalen Ramsey, we knew that we were missing him for a while. Uh, even then, there are good people on this defense. Vic Fangio is a very good defensive coordinator. I don't know why, but I get the impression that every Vic Fangio clip I've seen of him speaking about the defense, it just looks like he doesn't realize what's happening during the game and people point out to be like, hey, why was Cater Kohu shadow, shadowing Diggs all game? And he's like, oh, you know what? Well, that's a good point. I'll have to look into that. Uh, I love Cater, but yeah, he got absolutely outclassed this game. Stephon Diggs took advantage and took advantage badly. He got burnt multiple times for touchdowns. Uh, yeah, it would be nice if, I don't know, we passed off coverages or disguised who was covering who. Uh Andrew Van Ginkle's been our best pass rusher this season so far. Bradley Chubb, I mean, we gave up a first-round pick, and he's done absolutely nothing. Our linebackers look terrible. David Baker, or not David Baker, it's David Long and Jerome Baker. David Baker is just that mountain of a man over at the Hall of Fame there. Uh, uh, David Long, I mean, he's looked fine, has not looked good, has not been good in pass coverage. Uh Jerome Baker on the other hand we're trying to make him a middle linebacker and that man is an off-ball blitzer uh trying to convert him into something that he isn't and that's on us and that's on the coaching uh yeah was not a good game Brandon Jones tried to get his starting spot back at safety but that man is a box safety at best he is best coming off blitzing uh in the in in the game for run support because he is not good in coverage uh and the defensive line just flat out needs to be better. Christian Wilkins, I mean, he's been making his stops in the run game, but he wants to get paid like a top five defensive tackle. He needs to make those pass rush stops, and he just hasn't. Uh, and yeah, hopefully when Jalen Phillips comes back that he can be what we think that he could be. Uh, and Bradley Chubb, I mean, we gave up a first-round pick for him, and since he's got here from Denver, he's been mid. Uh and this is like a team that, hey, if we would have traded our first round pick to the Bears for Roquan Smith last year, probably would have been a better play defensively. Um, and again, things will get better. Fangio's adjusting. This is a very, very good Bills offense. I want to iterate, reiterate that. The Bills are very fucking good. 
We lost by 28. We got whooped. The Bills are a very good team. Miami, still a very good team. Until I get proven otherwise and they look terrible in a stretch or they look terrible against bad teams, Miami is still a top five team in football right now. It is what it is. People can disagree with me, but Miami is still a top five team in football. And we got the Bron or not not the Broncos next week. Who do we have next week? We got the Giants next week, and then we got the Panthers, and then we got the Eagles. So I'm expecting to be five and one going into week seven. And that's great. Three and one. This was kind of the expected outcome after this season. This is what you know what, playing the Chargers uh, at home, playing the Bills at home, or I guess I should be saying on the road. Yeah, 3-1 and one was great. 3-1 and one was what we wanted. And we got 3-1. and one. We are 3-1. and one. We, will, we will be much better against the Bills Week 18. I can guarantee you that. Uh, oh, yeah. Bad news for the Bills, though. Uh, cornerback Trey White. Uh, it has been diagnosed that he's torn his Achilles again. Uh, I think it was Achilles before, right? Uh, but now he's torn it in his left leg instead of his right ankle or left whatever. Uh, very sad. Very, It's a very big loss for the Bills. Uh, he's he's looked pretty good since coming back. I think he still kind of has some rust and he's shaking it off. But uh, he's back on IR now and... His Bills defense has been ferocious, and that pass rush needs to continuously be ferocious to mask the hole in the secondary now. Um, yeah, hopefully Trey White can come back next year better and healthier. I mean, Rodgers wants to come back this year on torn Achilles, obviously standing in a pocket and throwing a football compared to covering the most insane athletes across from you and mirroring their movements. A uh, little bit different, but... Uh, Hoping for Trey White, hoping that he gets back and can play like the Trey White that we all know he can be. Uh, next game up, Bengals 3, Titans 27. Uh, Titans, very good at home. Titans a team that you should bet at home. Titans, very good defense. Offense, I still got some concerns, but they looked good. They looked good this week. Uh, and they looked good because King Henry, Derrick Henry... Is back to looking like himself after a uh, slow start to the season. He had 22 rushes for 122 yards, 5.5 a carry, uh, one touchdown. Also had, was also one for one through the air for a touchdown. That is one more touchdown than Joe Burrow had in this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the Titans get their run game going and it's hard to stop them and... Titans like the Steelers and like the Patriots. It's their defense. Defense wins them games if you can control the clock, if you can run the ball. Obviously, the Steelers can't really run the ball, but the Patriots is what the Patriots have been doing since Tom left. Play good defense, run the ball well, control the clock, win the game. Uh, Titans absolutely whoop the Bengals. Uh, and this is a Bengals defense that did what they could. They tried their best. Uh, but having this offense that should be... I mean, coming into the season, we're talking about this Bengals offense. It's going to be top five in football again, and it has been. Um, Joe Burrow is 
clearly hurt, but right now Joe Burrow is a bottom 10 quarterback in the league. Uh, he just flat out stinks right now, and yes, he's not healthy, and if he's looking that bad, shut him down. Uh, he's You're only making it worse at this point, really. You want him to be healthy. You want him to be the Joe Burrow that he can be. Trotting this version of him out, week in, week out, clearly, clearly not working. Get someone healthy in there. Let him rest up. Let him heal. Uh, Burrow was 20 for 30 on the day, 165 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Does Joe Burrow only have one touchdown? No, because he had two to T. Higgins that one game. Never mind. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The offense just looks bad. Very bad. Uh, also, to go back to the Titans for a little bit, obviously, defense, very, very good. Uh, Aziz Alshair coming over from the Niners, who was kind of their third linebacker behind Warner and Greenlaw. He looks fantastic. He looks like a very good linebacker for them uh, and a linebacker, ascending young linebacker in the league in general. Back to the Bengals and how much they're terrible on offense right now. Uh Zach Taylor, though, coming out after the game and just kind of being like, oh, Joe's healthy. It's, he's, Zach Taylor isn't the problem. It's not the play call. Like, no, Joe Burrow is fine, and that's how he looks. The coach, the head coach saying, no, my quarterback is healthy, and this is how bad your offense looks right now. Like, we all know that Joe Burrow isn't this bad. We all know that Joe Burrow when he's at his best, is a top five quarterback in the league. Some would argue a top three quarterback in the league. I would argue that. Would I argue that now? Not really. Um, Zach Taylor needs to take a long, hard look at himself in the mirror, figure out what the fuck he's doing, because it is just not working. And now they are without T. Higgins, I think, for the rest of the season. I don't know uh, if he's been officially ruled out. Let me do some on-the-fly podcast research, even though this is something I should have figured out during my uh, work day. Uh, let's see. T. Higgins. I see nothing about T. Higgins being hurt. Why is nothing popping up about T. Higgins' injury? Oh, okay, he's fine. It was a rib injury. Keep him off the field for a bit. But again, they'll be without T. Higgins now. Um, yeah, I... The Bengals just need to figure it out. Right now, you're 1-3. in three. Um, Who do they have coming up right now? Because I think that they're about to have a little bit of a gauntlet. Like, I don't think it gets any easier from them here on out. Bengals... They got the Cardinals this week, and... They better beat the Cardinals, because, oh my god, if they don't, Tony, I'm going to be insufferable to you after, I didn't even pick a fight with you. You've just been rude all fucking season so far. Just enjoy good football, man. You don't have to be a hater. Just because your team is playing terrible football right now, doesn't mean that you have to pick apart everybody else's team and say that they're also playing terrible football. The Bengals just flat out suck. It is what it is right now. Deal with it. And I should say the Bengals' offense just flat out sucks right now. Their defense their defense is doing their best. Luin Arumo is doing his best to carry this team right now. Uh, Bengals, yeah. So they got Cardinals. They got Seahawks. Then they have a bye. 
ideally, you can beat the Cardinals without Joe Burrow playing. If I was them, I would shut down Joe Burrow for the next three weeks. Three weeks meaning Cardinals, Seahawks, and the bye. Because then after that, they got the Niners, the Bills, the Texans, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Jags. That is a gauntlet. Say what you want about the Texans. The Texans have looked like one of the best offenses in football a month into the season somehow. Steelers, still a very good defense. Divisional battles always fucked. Bills, one of the best teams in football. Ravens, very good team. Niners, one of the best teams in football. Ah, uh, it could get away from the Bengals very, very quickly. They need to sort it out. They need Joe Burrow fully healthy, or Zach Taylor needs to figure out something else on offense because what he is doing clearly isn't working. Good coach, coaches should be able to mask the inefficient the inefficiencies on their offense. Zach Taylor just simply isn't doing that right now. Um, yeah, uh... Let's keep going, though. Ravens 28, Browns 3. Uh, Ravens easy win versus Dorian Thompson-Robinson in his first start. He looked terrible. We'll get to that soon. Uh, this was kind of surprising, though. This was Lamar's first game with two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns in a game. Uh, Mark Andrews was the recipient on those two uh, passing touchdowns. Lamar was 15 for 19 on the day, 186 yards. Uh, they couldn't really get anything going on the ground. They were, I think they, yeah. They had over 100 yards total on the ground between the, however many of them that ran. But the Ravens didn't need to do much uh, today. And I don't really need to talk about the Ravens. They kind of just did their job. They played well enough. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, preseason MVP. He looked fantastic. Uh not a great first start for him. Uh, 19 for 36, had 121 yards, three interceptions, had a really, really bad fumble too that unfortunately didn't lose, but uh, was objectively funny to just watch that man play quarterback on Sunday. Made a lot of just bad, bad mistakes and interceptions where it wasn't even close. It was like 10 yards over the guy's head and right to the safety. Uh Obviously, they hope that Deshaun Watson is back soon. However, the nasty man just decided to sit out on his own accord. He didn't need to. Uh, I think he had a shoulder injury or something like that. And he was cleared to play. He was good to go if he wanted to. And he just chose to sat out. So if the Ravens or if the Browns are one game short of a, uh, of a playoff berth, uh, blame blame Watson for this one because this is a game that the Browns could have won if they had a functional QB. Uh, again, I don't know if Watson is a functional QB. QB, he's had one good game as a Brown so far, but uh, I know he would have been better than Dorian Thompson Robinson. That's for sure. Uh, and especially because his teammate, tight end David Njoku, uh, over the weekend, I guess he started a. Fire, campfire, or maybe he was grilling something on the barbecue. Forgot how long the gas was on there. Went to go light it up. Burns on his face and his arms. Didn't know if he was going to be able to play. Didn't know how painful it was going to be uh, to put the helmet on. He ended up playing. So, fuck Deshaun for not battling through his injury when you have a guy with little literal burns on his face and arms and he's gearing up to play. Um... 
the visual of David Njoku walking into the stadium, though, he had he had a long coat on, no shirt underneath. You can just see his ripped fucking torso. And then he had, like, it was basically a gimp mask, if we're being honest. He just had, like, a leather mask on. was, like, beige. could only see his eyes and his mouth. Uh, yeah. Could you see his mouth? I think you could see his mouth. Either way, it was just, I mean, it was like Kane walking into the ring in WWE. Uh, I'm not a WWE fan, but I feel like people should just know who Kane is. He's Undertaker's brother. That's what you should know. Uh, he's at, yeah. Um, yeah, which was just, yeah. Very funny visual of him walking into the stadium. Uh, yeah, the Browns basically just kind of gave this one away to the Ravens because their defense still played pretty well. Um, next game up, we got Broncos and Bears. Broncos 21, Bears 28. Uh, don't have a lot to really speak on for this game. The Broncos offense really isn't awful anyways. Russell Wilson looks way better than he did last year, and I'm sure that's a big part to Sean Payton. Uh, and kudos for the Broncos for coming back on this one. I think they were down 28-7. to uh, going into the fourth quarter, and they came back and won. They came back and won. Again, not a lot to really say about the Broncos' offense. It looks good. Again, you just played the Bears, and the Bears are the worst team in football, and you barely, you barely won. You barely beat the Bears. Um, and yeah, your defense just flat out sucks. Uh, the Bears, who have looked terrible on offense for three straight weeks, all of a sudden just turned it on. Uh... And let's just get into the Bears right now. Justin Fields played the best game of his career so far. And Matt Eberflus absolutely blew it. Um, Fields on the day, 28 for 35, 335 yards. His first 300-yard passing game of his career. Four touchdowns, one interception. They got Khalil Herbert going on the ground. 18 carries, 103 yards. Fields only accounted for 25 yards rushing. So... This was a big Fields passing day. DJ Moore, obviously the big recipient. Eight catches, 131 yards, one touchdown. Cole Komet, 7 for 85, two touchdowns. Um, big, big Fields passing game. Was nice to see it. Um, and it looked like the Bears were in control. The Bears were going to win this one. And look, would you have it? The It was fourth and one on the Broncos' 18-yard line. The game was tied. There was less than two minutes in the game. And what does Matt Eberflus do? He calls a run from shotgun where they get stopped. Obviously, their run game was going all game. They thought they could get the yard. Calling a run from shotgun, automatically a bad play because instead of getting one yard gained, you can... You now need to get five yards uh, just from lining farther back there. And so they missed it, and then the Broncos go down, kick a field goal to win, where Matt Eberflus could have kicked the field goal, gone up 31-28, to and then hope and pray that his defense stopped them. And, I mean, Matt Eberflus, you're a defensive guy, and you tried to take the easy way out. Uh it's just, it has not been good for the Bears. And people are calling for Eberflus's and Ryan Pohl's head. Uh, I'm, I'm not there yet. Like, obviously, there's so much that's going wrong. And this defense does look terrible. And they did. They did kind of invest fairly heavily into the defense 
Uh, they brought in Tremaine Edmonds. They brought in TJ Edwards. And those were supposed to be the, the linebackers for this Matt Eberflus defense. The Shaq Leonard and the Bobby O'Karake that he had on the Colts. And it just hasn't worked. And obviously Shaq Leonard is just a much better player than both of those guys. And that's probably a big reason why it didn't work. Um, but yeah, like you gotta, you gotta take the lead when you haven't won a game all season and just trust your defense can at least hold them to a field goal. Cause you gave away the win. You gave away the game. Um, sucks for Justin Fields. Justin Fields after the game just sat in his locker with his helmet off until basically everyone was cleared out. Um, I don't blame him. He is clearly frustrated. And I hope that this just kind of starts a trend where Justin Fields kind of... He becomes a good quarterback, or at least a quarterback that you can still see the potential in, because he just needs to find a better spot. I think that the Bears, they're going to be bad enough, and along with the Panthers, that I think right now, just they're the only two winless teams left... I think based on the odds, the Bears have a 50% chance of getting the first overall pick right now, which is absolutely insane. Uh, And again, a lot can happen, long season left, but the Bears get number one. Fields is gone. Caleb Williams is in. Uh, And hopefully Fields Fields gets a fresh start. Um, But this this was a big day for Fields and a big game for him to silence the haters. 335 yards, four passing touchdowns. Very good day for Justin Fields. Uh, We'll keep moving on, though. Next game up, Raiders 17, Chargers 24. Uh, Yeah, this was the other quarterback who uh, I was talking about in the Jags game. Justin Herbert finally realized that he is athletic and he can make defenders miss. Uh he made Max Crosby look very silly on one play, and then Jerry Tillery came in and gave him a huge shot out of bounds. I guess Jer- Jerry Tillery revenge game? Sure. Um, Herbert had... I mean, and really, if you look at it, he had 12 carries, and that's that's big. He had 12 rushes, where that's definitely the most rushes he's had so far in his NFL career. Only 27 yards. He did have two uh, two touchdowns, though. Uh, and that's just kind of where it stopped for this Chargers offense. Um, Herbert passing on the day, 13 for 24, 167 yards, a touchdown and interception. Uh, Josh Kelly, 3.8 average on the ground, not great. Josh Palmer had a good game, but it was because he caught that, uh, game to end it or the catch to end it. And it was like a 40 yard catch. 51-yard catch, so, um, yeah, not great for the Chargers, wasn't pretty, they won, though, and that's, that's what matters, they won, um, Khalil Mack, six sacks on the day, absolute menace, it was his revenge game, if we're really talking, uh, anyone else, no, he was the only one to sack Aiden O'Connell all day, uh, yeah, Chargers won this one, but this is also a game where they went against rookie Aiden O'Connell, and again, it came down to Josh McDaniels just being a worse head coach than Brandon Staley, which is very hard to do. Uh, again, they had a chance to tie the game up late. They have it first and goal, I think, on the eight-yard line. They have a timeout left. There's a minute 30 left. 
Uh, Josh Jacobs had an okay game. Not great. Actually, no. He did have a good game because he caught the ball very well. Josh Jacobs, 17 rushes, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Then he had eight catches, 81 yards. And I don't know. You would think on first and goal with a timeout left that you would run the ball. Uh, But no, they decided to run an out uh, with the rookie. And it was an interception that sealed the game, basically. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, again, he wasn't bad in his first start. Was 24 for 39, 238 yards, and then that one pick. He was sacked seven times. Not really much you can do. I think he fumbled it. Yeah, he had two fumbles where he lost it. One of the fumbles, though, was just Khalil Mack just fucking smacking him. And I think most people would fumble the ball if Khalil Mack hit them that hard. Uh, Josh McDaniels, though, uh, he, after the game, he basically blamed Aiden O'Connell for turning the ball over. And that's the reason why they lost. Uh, Again... Is that part of the reason why they lost? Yes. A big reason why they lost, though, was the play calling and was Josh McDaniels just flat out not being a good offensive coach. Um, Like, listen, the rookie got sacked six times, and he's a rookie. This was his very first start, and you didn't put him in the position to succeed, if we're being honest. Um, Say what you want about... Aiden O'Connell, but having your head coach in your first start being like, oh, well, if it, uh, if he would have limited his turnovers, we would have won the game. Maybe just look at yourself in the mirror and being, I should have prepared him better. Uh, I should have maybe called different plays. I maybe should have got Josh Jacobs. I mean, Josh Jacobs was involved very much, but blaming him in his first start where he didn't even look bad, he looked okay, like, Jimmy G would have given you a similar game. Jimmy G would not have been out there winning you that game. Uh, the fact that it was this close, regardless, I mean, Chargers having two very close games against the Vikings and Raiders in back-to-back weeks uh, doesn't really bode that well, but it is what it is. Um, I'm just out on Josh McDaniels in general. I always have been. Uh, what is his record as a head coach right now? Because I know it's not good. And maybe you shouldn't pass blame on your rookie in his first start when you are... Where's his coaching record? When he is 18 for 30 as a head coach, that is a 37.5% win percentage. Uh, And six of those wins he was cheating for. So he's really 12 for 30 with six no contests. Um... Yeah, not a fan of Josh McDaniels. It is what it is. We'll keep going, though. Uh, Next game up, Patriots 3, Cowboys 38. Uh, Listen, Chu came on here, and he was like, oh, the Patriots, the defense, it's so good, and blah, 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 and this Cowboys, oh, Mike McCarthy. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, Everyone knew, except if you were a Patriots fan, that the Cowboys were going to win this game, and this is kind of how this game was going to go. Cowboys defense was not going to get embarrassed by bad offenses twice in a row. And that's actually a shot at the Cardinals' offense more than the Patriots' offense right now because Cardinals' offense has been fairly rolling. Um, Cowboys' D is absurd, and we knew this. They had two touchdowns in the game for them. Uh, Yeah, Cowboys' offense looked fine 
as it has every other week so far, and I think that's kind of just all this giant or this Cowboys offense is. It's fine. It hasn't been good in the red zone. They also weren't good in the red zone again this week. Uh yeah, I don't know. Like the Cowboys, I expected this. This is what happened. The game went under. Did I expect the Cowboys to put up 38 points? No. Part of the reason that that happened, though, was rookie cornerback Christian Gonzalez is out with a shoulder injury indefinitely right now. He's no timetable for his return. Uh, Matt Judon has a torn bicep, and he is hoping to come back for a playoff push, in his words. But if you are watching this Patriots team right now who just lost two of their best defenders, uh, top 10 pick is more than likely what is hap- going to happen to them right now. I still think the Patriots will be a better team than Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick defenses always play well regardless of who's out there. It's always next man up mentality there. Uh, the offense though. The offense just flat out stinks. Um, Mac Jones again was benched for Bailey Zappi as he was basically around this point last season. Um, yeah. Uh, I know I went on record, I think, two weeks ago being like Mac Jones is an NFL quarterback. And then I gave a long range of players. And I agree. I think Mac Jones is still a game manager. I think out of those game manager guys, he's the most dislikable out of all of them. I'm not a fan of Mac Jones. I don't think he's a good competitor and a good person out there on the field. Don't care about what he does off the field. I know uh, he's got a DUI, but that is what it is. Uh, but yeah, like Mac Jones, purely as a quarterback, he's fine. Game manager, Patriots need to get him some help. Bill, the GM, has neglected the offensive side of the ball ever since Brady left, basically. He's only focused on the defensive side, and that's why this Patriots defense, when fully healthy, is one of the better defenses in football. The offense, though, is relying on Hunter Henry and Juju Smith-Schuster to be the focal points of their offense. The offensive line is banged up, hasn't been healthy all year, has not been good. They have let guys walk in free agency like Joe Tooney and uh, Shaq Mason, who probably should have kept. Um, the run game has not looked good this year with Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke. And again, you can contribute that to a bad offensive line too. But let's get Mac Jones at least a little bit of help. Enough with the, oh, Pop Douglas and... Kayshawn Boot, but like you can't have Juju, you can't have Kendrick Bourne, you can't have Hunter Henry leading the charge of an offense, of a passing attack. Uh, and like, listen, I don't think Mac Jones is anything good, but I think that he, with a, a true number one receiver, Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, uh, who are other game managers that are around the Tannehill. Yeah. Like, he can he can be that. Um, yeah, I think they have a shit ton of cap space next year. I know free agency sucks. T. Higgins is a guy that they should be looking to go after um, if the Bengals decide to kind of just shut down on the season, try again next year. They should be looking to move Higgins, who won't be a part of their team next year, but... Yeah, the Pats just flat out suck. And with Matt Judon and Gonzo out indefinitely, 
Uh, not a lot to really look forward to if you're the Patriots. They do have the Saints and the Raiders next week, and if they lose... I mean, fuck, if if, if they go 1-1 one one in those games, uh, not good. If they go 0-2, oh, oh, it's over. It's over for Chu thinking that the Patriots are Super Bowl champs every year. Uh, last stat for this game, this was the technically the worst loss of Bill Belichick's career, and when I say that, I mean point differential... 35 points. I think his previous was 31. Uh, so, yeah, this is the worst that Bill Belichick has ever been beat in his career. Uh, yeah, we'll keep going. Next game up, Cardinals 16, Niners 35. Closer game than the score looked. The Cardinals were definitely hanging around in this one, which, good on the Cardinals. You have been impressive so far. You have been my most surprising team so far uh, of the year. Keep it up. Keep it up. Uh... The Niners. The Niners are just really, 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 really good. And I don't think that there's anything else that we can really say. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is definitely the front runner for Offensive Player of the Year. He should be in the MVP conversation right now. Uh, he had 20 carries for 106 yards, three touchdowns, and then he had 71 yards receiving on seven catches for one touchdown. The man is an absolute monster, and he is what makes this Niners offense hum. Uh, we all know that Kyle Shanahan likes his uh, third-day running backs in the draft, and it's always worked for him. But seeing what he's doing with a truly elite guy, future Hall of Famer out the position, uh, absolutely special. Brock Purdy, uh, 20 for 21 on the day, 283 yards, one passing touchdown. Um... Brock Purdy is slowly creeping into top 10 quarterback conversation. Uh, do I think he's firmly a top 10 quarterback right now? No. Would I be upset if someone right now put Brock Purdy in their top 10? I don't think I would be. He has been that good. He's never lost a game that he has started and finished. Uh, yeah, he's flat out good. He's running the Shanahan system better than any QB we've seen so far. I mean, obviously, we can talk about Matt Ryan, and he won an MVP, but different different discussion. For the Niners, anyways, he's running it way better than uh, way better than Jimmy G ever did. Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. Um, do I still think the ceiling is Kirk Cousins? Yes. Do I think Kirk Cousins would probably have similar numbers in a system like this? I think so. Um, nonetheless, that... Doesn't take away anything from Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, very good quarterback. Uh, fringing on top 10. It's nice to see. Uh, what did the defense do? Defense only got one sack on the day. Good job for this fucking Cardinals offensive line. Who is on this Cardinals offensive line? I know that they have Paris Johnson as one of their tackles, and they got DJ Humphrey as their left tackle. Uh, but who are these interior guys that we need to give a bit of a shout-out to? Uh, before I talk about the Cardinals and their offensive line, uh, shout out to Javon Kinlaw, who seems like he's really found his form, uh, finally after a few tough years for the Niners, but, uh, it's nice seeing him now that he's in the rotation for them and not starting completely, that he's picking his moments, he's doing very well, nice to see, uh, the former first round pick kind of living up to some of the hype that he had once had coming out of South, South Carolina, uh, 
Cardinals offensive line, we got DJ Humphreys, Elijah Wilkinson, Pajolti Froho, Will Hernandez, and Paris Johnson. Uh, I think I knew that. I don't think anyone's really standing out there. Elijah Wilkinson is a name that I don't really know super well. I mean, fuck, he's 28. Apparently he's been in the league for a while. Um, good for this Cardinals offensive line for not getting absolutely bitched around by Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead and whoever they have on the other edge, whether it be Clellan Farrell or Drake Jackson. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't really know what to say about this Cardinals other than, like, congrats on being, like, a solid team when your roster doesn't have any true, like, A1 type of talent. Uh, Dobbs on the day, 28 for 41, 265 yards, two passing touchdowns. Fantastic. James Conner uh, wasn't a big day rushing for him, but still averaged 4.7 yards per carry on 11 rushes. Dobbs had 48 yards on the ground. Uh, was a big day for rookie wide receiver Michael Wilson. He had uh, seven catches for 76 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and this defense, this defense has been playing very well. And I got to shout out Dennis Gardeck, who I think he's in like his eighth year in the league and he's just kind of floating around he's he's been on the cardinals for like a while now but he has uh four sacks on the season right now and that's kind of as a rotational player for the cardinals uh i saw i think it was uh tej seth on uh, on twitter there very good analytics guy if you want someone to follow uh tej is a good follow but he poured in and it was just kind of like the top uh top pass rushers of this year, and it's like Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Aiden Hutchinson, trying to think of more guys off the top of my head, but either way, those, those types of guys, and then boom, there's Dennis Gardeck, and it's like, you can't even make fun of him being like, oh, what's he doing there? Because he's been that good, so shout out for Dennis Gardeck for having a career year in year seven, eight, or whatever you're in. Fantastic job, nice, love to see that, but... Yeah, this Jonathan Gannon defense has been fun. Uh, I've seen some clips floating around on Twitter, too, where what they're doing pre-snap, where everyone's just kind of floating around in that front seven, not really lining up, not really, but all knowing where they need to be, what their roles are, and I think it's confusing the hell out of offenses. It's been fun to see Jonathan Gannon put on this good of like a coaching clinic so far. And I think that he needed this start and he needed people to buy into him because again, it's what we saw with people with Mike McDaniel and people with Nick Sirianni where they see the stuff off the field and it's like, oh, this guy's a dork. How can he command the locker room? People won't respect him because he's not a football guy. And uh, Jonathan Gannon and Mike McDaniel anyways, just fucking super smart football minds. Nick Sirianni, I think he's just kind of a vibes guy. Might be a bit of a dork, but vibes wins football games. I mean, fuck, look at Dan Campbell. Um, I love Dan Campbell, but uh, I don't know. Just shout out to the Cardinals for being pretty good. Like, fuck, I hope they beat the Bengals next week. That would be so fun. Um, yeah, uh, last game up. Chiefs 23, Jets 20. I can't believe the Jets had a chance to win this game. Um, yeah, but I mean, you can just kind of say the Chiefs offense and Pat Mahomes had the worst game he's going to have all season and they still won. So, uh, 
Yeah, I don't think I really have much to say about the Chiefs. Uh, Taylor Swift was back in the building, kind of over it. Not over it, because what the NFL is doing right now is genius from a marketing perspective, because they are diving into an untapped market that they've never been able to access before, and that is women and girls ages 8 to 20, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's much overlap between NFL fans and being Swifties, but the NFL is trying to tap into a market that it's never had access before, and they're going for it. I mean, the NFL's Instagram, I think, uses Taylor Swift as their header and had in their bio Swifties 2-0 as football fans. Uh, Their Twitter's doing something similar or something different in the bio, though. Uh, And yeah, they're... At every chance and every opportunity they get, they are showing Taylor Swift in that box. Look at this massive Isaiah Pacheco run. What does Taylor Swift think? And it's like, yeah, maybe let's just see the replay instead of Taylor Swift, who is great and we adore and we don't want uh, the Swifties getting mad at us, even though uh, certain people are trying to make them mad and are succeeding very well, and it's very funny. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't really have much to say on the Chiefs. Chiefs kind of did what they did. Uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson had the best game of his career so far. Uh, 28 of 39, 245 yards, two passing touchdowns. Um, He's been great. He's been, or he hasn't been great. He had a great game. And hopefully this is something that we see Zach Wilson continue to do and continue to trend in the right direction, but it is nice that he flashed finally in his career since being the second overall draft pick in 2021. Third overall? Second overall. Because it was Lawrence Wilson Stingley. I think. Um, Either way, uh... Zach Wilson looked good. Obviously, he had to look good with a uh, single mother of three, Donna Kelsey, in the building. Uh, yeah. Uh, great for Zach Wilson. That's really all I can say. Uh, Brees Hall is still very disappointed in his usage right now. Uh, and understandably so. He had six carries for 56 yards, 9.3 average. Uh, Dalvin Cook, five carries for 16 yards, 3.2 average. Stop giving Dalvin Cook the ball. I think we're just kind of done with Dalvin Cook at this point. Uh, Just let Brees Hall go. Just let him go. Let him go, and that will help the offense dramatically. Um, Again, I think this was kind of a game where the Chiefs were overlooking the Jets and overlooking what they have seen in recent weeks. Obviously, we all know this Jets defense is very good. Uh, But... They didn't capitalize when it matters, and a lot of people want to blame the refing. And my God, if you if you blame the refing in a sporting event where bad calls happen in every single game, they go against your team, they go in favor of your team. It's part of the game. Saying that oh the refs cost us this game, shut up, shut up. I'm so done with people and people saying, oh, the refs cost us this game two years ago and still bringing it up. We're done. Move on. The refs made bad calls on both sides. It's fine. Um, Yeah. 
Chiefs won the game, though. Chiefs won the game playing the worst game of the season. Uh, Pat Mahomes throws his 200th touchdown pass in his 84th career game. Fastest to this milestone in NFL history. Great for Patty Mahomes. Uh, I think my last note is DJ Reed had the chance to absolutely kill Pat Mahomes. He had him lined up. Pat Mahomes wasn't sliding. DJ Reed was running 100 miles per hour and just flew right by him. Uh, unlike the dude from the Panthers game who saw Kirk Cousins and was like, oh, I'm going to pancake this motherfucker. DJ Reed just completely missed the tackle of a standing still Pat Mahomes. Obviously, the NFL has him in his back pocket and told him, hey, you cannot hurt this man right now. He is too important. DJ Reed knows the NFL script. He knew that he couldn't take him out. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think that'll do it for the week four recap. I have gone for a while now. I need to eat some food. What time is it? It is 6.30. My God. Um, yeah. Hoping for a bounce back this week, obviously. Hoping for... I don't know. This is... I'm starting to figure out the landscape of the NFL right now. Uh, if you want to see kind of where I have each team sat, you can go to uh, the Cover Zero Instagram, which is Cover Zero underscore pod. Uh, or you can go to my Twitter, which is Wellsy underscore 07. To see where my rankings are. Uh, just a little sneak peek, peek right now. It is Niners number one. Bills number two, Eagles number three, Chiefs number four, Dolphins number five. Yes, the Dolphins are still a top five team in the NFL. Deal with it, you haters. Uh, yeah, I guess that'll do it, though. Until Friday's show, if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.